Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Brawl Podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Brawl. I'm joined by my co-host Jaden. Jaden, how are we, my man? Oh, not too bad, eh? Uh, you know, Friday. We're recording this Friday. Feels good. Yeah, man. Final four right around the corner. Uh, do you want to talk to us who we have on the show today? Yeah, we have uh, Danny Kolova and Garrett Michelangelo Deal. One is a very passionate fan who knows everything about the team and even the water boy in Kansas, and the other one's Garrett. <laughs> Thanks for having us on, guys. Glad to be here. Glad to be here. Yeah, All right, welcome, guys. Welcome. All right, sounds good. We're going to dive into these games. First is the Nova-Kansas game. These two have been good all year despite not a lot of media coverage. Let's get into Nova real quick. They went 16-4 in conference, finished second in the Big East behind Providence, 30-7 entering the Final Four. They rode to the four. They beat Delaware first round by 20. Then the 32, they beat Ohio State by 10. Moved on to beating Michigan by 16. Or sorry, by eight in the Sweet 16. And then a tough one against Houston. Beat them by six, but lost sophomore guard Justin Moore. Yeah, that was that was a tough injury for them. And a lot of people are kind of like, I would probably probably say betting on Kansas, uh, especially because of that. But uh, hopefully for your bracket and our tournament challenge, it doesn't go that way. Yeah, I f- also forgot to mention, this is like the true blue collar Final Four. Everyone yeah. with Kansas. Fair. No, I, I didn't even think about that shit. <laughs> it's blue. A lot of blue in there. All right, stats. Let's get into it. Uh, not in the top 50 for scoring offense, which I found not surprising. 19th in scoring defense, though. Colin Gillespie leads the way with averaging 15.6 points per game. Also leads team assists with 3.3. Jermaine Samuel leads the team in rebounds and blocks. 6.5 rebounds and 0.7 blocks per game. And as a team, they average 36% shooting from three. Now, Danny, you know all about Nova shooting threes, especially in the Final Four. Take us through this. Yeah, that was, that was rough. Last time Kansas was in the Final Four, they played Villanova, and uh, they pretty much shot, I believe, 78% from the field that game. And I think they rattled off six straight threes. Not on straight it, was, yeah. it was tough to watch, dude. It was, they, uh, it was heartbreaking. It's almost worse when your team gets to the Final Four and then they get blown out like that. Because that entire game, it wasn't fun to watch. We were playing good defense, but you can't play defense against a team that shoots that well. At that game, they tied the record for the most threes in a March Madness game at halftime with 13 and then finished the game with 18. So they did slow down, but they were up 30. Anybody? The team, though, this year, that's, that's not the Villan- Villanova doesn't play like that this year, especially losing more. It's, I feel like this game's going to be the matchup's going to be between Samuel and defensively either McCormick or uh, on Wilson. And I'd rather Wilson guard him just because he's a little bit more agile and athletic. And the fact that McCormick's a bigger piece offensively. Wilson leads Kansas on rebounds, but if they get either one of those guys in foul trouble, it's going to be a lot closer game than, than I think it, it should be. I mean, you kind of allude to this. How big is the Justin Moore injury, though, to this Nova squad? It's huge. I, I honestly thought that uh, the, this Final Four game between Kansas and Villanova going into the Final Four, or going into uh, to what we thought was going to be with Justin Moore completely healthy, I thought that was going to be the real national championship game. No offense to your Duke Blue Devils or Garrett Star Heels. But I think right now those are the teams that are playing the best. Uh, but that, that injury to Moore definitely puts Villanova, I think, the worst team in the Final Four right now just because he was such a huge part 
of their offense and their defense. So it's going to be huge to see uh, see what adjustments Jay Wright makes to to kind of I don't know pick up the load in other spots that more would provide. Yeah, I mean, going into that Houston game, I classified him as a glue guy. So losing the glue this late in the season hurts a lot. Yeah, no, it's uh, definitely definitely. When I heard that news, I was definitely felt better about this game. But yeah. that uh, that happen. replay, anything can happen. That replay reminded me of the uh, KD injury, though. Just I'm watching that like that. leg pop. Uh, I hate oh, that oh, shit. Yeah. No, I, that's one of the things that I, I love. Uh, me and Garrett have an affinity for watching sports injury videos, and oh uh, my god, that, that's one that we'll have to revisit next <laughs> next time we're, we're looking up. Just just blown out Achilles. Just type I mean, Achilles that, that Kevin Ware thing was that, that Kevin Ware injury is my lock screen for a uh, while. I can't watch that. But, <laughs> oh, Kobe towards Achilles, and they're like eating popcorn and like <laughs> laughing. Ah oh, no, I mean Achilles is one that's just not fun to watch because he they just collapse. Like it's, oh yeah, like it looks like a gunshot went like off twisted, in the leg. The twisted ankles, you know, the hyperextended knees. Those are how it gets me going. But yeah, that's bread and butter right there. Uh, that's what you're looking for. Swat, he's a big, just watch my just watch a, my summer league highlight tape. Yeah, for sure. Big Joe Theismann guy. <laughs> Watching his legs snap. All right, let's move on to Kansas here. They were 14 and 4 in conference, finishing first in the Big 12, 32 and 6 entering the Final Four. They rode to the Final Four. They beat Texas Southern in the first round very easily. Handily. Uh, handily, yeah. Then they had a scare, some would say, against Creighton and Providence in the 32 and 16. It did hurt to see my former Duke Blue Devil slash the White Logic Alex O'Connell go out. Favorite pl- but, one of my favorite players of the tourney for sure. But then. They found their stride again in the second half against Miami, just blowing the doors off of them. Danny, what did you think during the stretch? Yeah, well, uh, me and Garrett were watching that game, and the first half was very back and forth. It seems like neither team really got their stride. Uh, that second half was much more that I was much more what I was used to during the regular season, uh, where it's this Kansas team is so experienced, not in the fact that they have older guys, but that all their older guys have played and a starting position or in a very meaningful role for at least three years on the team. So that's something that like the defensive side of the ball shows a lot. And you can just tell that Bill Self ripped him a new one in the, in the half, in the halftime locker room. And they came out and played probably the best defense in the tournament so far that second half and really found their stride, especially with McCormick, uh, him running the floor. That was something you didn't see much in the first half and they rewarded him for it in the second half. Every time he got down there, he got a nice bucket. I think his and one was really the turning point. It was deep into the run. It was kind of where they were tied, uh, just came back. But that just solidified that Kansas was going to win the game, in my opinion. And after that, they didn't look back. It was a great half of basketball. And I think that's what you're going to get in the Villanova game without more, without a blue guy, a guy that can handle a lot of pressure like that. Obviously, they have uh, Gillespie. But if you make Gillespie just a one-dimensional player and make him control the offense, make everything go through him, it significantly hurts their team. So, uh, yeah, I, I think their defense is going to be huge in the in the Villanova game, and hopefully, it's the deciding factor. I think absolutely. Uh, I think Gillespie is like the key player of the both sides of honestly both teams because, like, if he doesn't go off, like they're not going to do anything. Um, Kansas is just too strong. But, like, if you're getting your full A-plus, you know, Gillespie, like, I don't know, like, in the tournament, anything can happen, and whoever has the best player at the end of the game wins. Most of the time, you know, there's exceptions. But 
you know, that's the only player I'm really going to watch right away in the beginning is if he's hitting or not is Gillespie. Well, I'm glad you brought up uh, best players kind of shining in March because uh, Ochai Abaji, he's a wooden All-American. He's a Naismith finalist. He hasn't really done much in the tournament, but I think that shows just how deep Kansas is because Remy Martin was, wasn't doing anything in the uh, regular season. He had a bone bruise injury. He was picked preseason to be the Big 12 player of the year, uh, transfer out of Arizona State. And he brings the scoring to a very unselfish Kansas team. And I think that's something that we've seen in the tournament where Ochai is getting about 12, 13 points a game, but Remy Martin scoring about 19 so it's nice to have an offensive outlet that's also not, you know, your star player because Ochai can do it everywhere. It's nice that he doesn't have to take the load uh, solely on offense and that he can be a good distributor on offense, be a good defender on defense. Uh, yeah, I don't know. When, I, when you look at these teams throughout the tournament, it's kind of clear who's deeper. And I think that's what's going to pay dividends, especially after the injury to more. Like that makes a shallow Villanova team even less even more shallow like it's going to be interesting to see if we can get them in foul trouble where they go to uh and that's something that happened in the miami game in the second half i think their tallest player uh after the 10 minute mark was six seven because we fouled out their center and some uh, you're just not going to win games if you don't have height down the stretch like it was so easy to just dump it down to mccormick at the end there and he'll just score an easy two so it'll be interesting to see what jay wright does if they do get in foul trouble yeah Last said on it, really, um, last my opinion. Oh, the Abaji thing. Like, he needs to step up, you know, like, for his draft stock, for his, you know, for him. And, like, if they if he doesn't, like, yeah, Kansas has the players to win the game, but, like, do they have the players to, like, exceedingly win, you know, like, get up by eight or ten points, you know. Like, he needs to show up. It's the final four. If he doesn't, Kansas can still win, but it's going to be harder. Well, I think that's the parallel between him and uh, Gillespie. Like you said earlier, the game really depends on if Colin Gillespie comes out at his best self and can really just control the game. Because that's, I think Villanova is the best team in the nation at playing at their own pace. They never get sped up. Uh, a lot of that is Gillespie just being able to handle the flow of the game and make it work best for Villanova. Uh, but I, I don't know. I, I, I think that's only a compliment to say that Ochai can not play well and they can still be in the game and have a chance at the end. And then you'd go to him at the end and hopefully your star player performs. Uh, definitely. If Ochai comes out and scores his like 25 and distributes and Remy gets about eight and everyone gets, you know, their fair share. I think that Kansas would probably win by double digits just at the squad that Villanova has right now. Um, but obviously Kansas in the tournament, big letdown over the years. So it, it'll be interesting to see how they come out and play in the final four. I know Bill Self wants it bad just because he hasn't won one, I think, since Mario. And last time they were in the final four, they played this exact team and they got shit pumped. So I think this is the year where they come back, you know, kind of get revenge and then move on to the final or to the national championship game. We'll see what happens there. But definitely have to get past Nova first. It's going to be a, a tough test. So let's do picks all around and uh, score differential. I'm going. I'm going Kansas by eight. Kansas by eight from Garrett. Uh, I'd probably say 82-77 Kansas. Jaden, what about you? All right, I'm going 
going Kansas by like nine. No, I'm going Kansas by ten, but it's close until the free throws. Love to see that. I, I'd agree. Oh, that's something else. Oh, actually, never mind. Luke, go ahead. I'm gonna be the odd one. I'm gonna go Nova by one. Really? March Madness. This tournament's been insane. I'm just gonna. I'm gonna be that guy. Uh, what were yeah. you gonna say though? Um. Kansas free throws. That's been a huge thing this tournament. Uh, it's been one of the most frustrating things to watch about the team. Uh, the lowest uh, percentage on the floor at all times. Uh, there's no one else that's, that's placed significant minutes that has a lower free throw percentage than 70%. And that is Jalen Wilson. Uh, and you, just, you don't get him the ball. Everyone else, I think it goes 70%. Uh, McCormick's like 76% and then it only goes up into the high 70s and 80s from there and in that Miami game they shot I think they left like 20 points in free throws on the board I can't I don't know the exact stat but it was like they shot like 30% from the line and the game before they really had a chance to um, put it away and then they just kept missing free throws and kind of extended the game uh which is something that they can't afford to do in the final four, not against a team like Villanova or any of the North Carolina teams coming out on the other side of the bracket. Uh, so I think that's where the game might be won or lost for Kansas is free throws. Well said. Next game. Next game. All right. What? Yep. All right. Next game. Now, no offense to the other game, but this is being dubbed the game of the century. This is the Coach game. K, this is the game. Coach K on his farewell tour, looking for revenge from his last time in Cameron as UNC is looking to finish coach off for good. This is the first time the two have faced each other in the tournament. Wild. Like that, when you think about that, that's actually nuts. I, like the, fir- the fact that it's like the first time is crazy to me. I still wanted St. Peter's though. I don't care what you say. Sorry, Garrett. Uh, that's all right. <laughs> I mean, that's Cinderella. It's time. I mean, if, if they were going to beat UNC – I would have been a little bit more okay with that than some good team beating them. At least like a Cinderella, you just get a root for them in the final four. But if you lose to Duke, would you have rather lost to St. Peter's? Yeah, 100%. Because this is kind of like ultimate bragging rights. Like after Coach K retires, Roy Williams already retired. Like that's two legendary coaches down. Like we'll have to see what like Hubert Davis and I forget who Duke named as their, their new coach. But regardless, we'll kind of have to see what they're able to do over their careers. And I mean, the rivalry will always be there, but – there's something special with Coach K and beating him would be, I mean, that's ultimate bragging rights. That's bragging rights for as long as, you know, they keep playing basketball. Yeah, end of an era for those coaches, and it's been a fucking dynasty for sure. Oh, yeah. Um, Absolutely. Ahead, All right. James. So UNC was 15-5 in conference, finishing second in the ACC behind Duke, but with a big win in Cameron to end the regular season. As they are 28-9 entering the Final Four, Garrett, what do you think of this team during the start of the season? Because for a while, Hubert Davis's head was on the chopping block. Yeah, I mean, this has kind of been a, like a roller coaster of a season because their first couple of games, they looked pretty solid. But then they had two bad losses to Tennessee and one to Kentucky, and they were like 20-point losses. And those were like a couple of the only – ACC play wasn't super strong this year, so those were like a couple of like the only ranked teams they really faced that like gave them a true test. And, I mean, they, they got dominated. But towards the, towards the end of the season, regular season, um, they started picking up more of their conference games. And they did lose a couple of close ones in there, but they really started to play their offense and play Hubert Davis's offense. And which he, he kind of plays a different style than Roy Williams did. Like they like to space the floor a lot more and 
shoot more threes definitely and they I mean now that we have a big two in uh Brady Manick who likes like a four who can space the floor like they're pretty dangerous and they kind of just turned it on at the right time I mean they beat Duke yeah that final game and I mean you can't feel better going into the tournament than that but then they did lose to Virginia Tech in the ACC tournament and that was a pretty bad loss but you know so did Duke so didn't they lose to uh, lost in the chip or something didn't they yeah, lose I mean, to Notre Dame to a very good this year? Yeah, Carolina? they they lost to Notre Dame in the like I think the middle of the regular season. I want to say like February they lost to them. It was like a two point game. But yeah, I don't know. But then in the tournament they looked great against Marquette and looked great against Baylor up until uh, when Brady Manick got wrongfully ejected. But you know that almost cost you the entire tourney. Yeah, I mean, that's showbiz, though. And I, I was worried going into overtime of that game because I honestly – UNC plays with a pretty solid, like, iron five. Like, they don't really go to their – look their or look to their bench too much. Pretty so, thin team. Yeah, so I was, I was a little worried in that game in overtime. But they pulled through. And then each, each game of this tournament, one, one player for UNC has, like, really stood out. Like, Brady Manick, the first two games, he was – dropping 25 and then it was RJ Davis dropped 30 and then Caleb Love kind of kept a minute against UNC dropping 30. So, I mean, players for UNC have stepped up when they needed to. And I kind of think that's just what you need when not all the shots are falling for your team. Like you need a dude who can just step up and go out and get 30 to keep you keep winning games. And UNC seems like they've got like four dudes who can do that. And then uh, Baycott, like he always has like a clean 20 points, 20 rebound game. So he's pretty reliable. But yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's awesome where they're at. Did I expect it at the start of the year? Probably not. But you know, anything can happen in March. It's true. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, you kind of allude to it. Baycott leads the team in three categories: points, rebounds, and blocks. I mean, so yeah. what you're saying is, if we shut Baycott down, we're fine. I, I mean, I wouldn't say that, but I think, yeah, I, I think it absolutely is because Baycock kind of just like gets his own every game. Like he had 20 he, rebounds he worked, last game, right? Yeah. Yeah. He, he had 20, 20 games. So, I mean, he's always working on the offensive glass too. And I mean, that's something North Carolina has always prided themselves in is their offensive rebounding, like, especially under Roy Williams. And that's kind of continued with Baycock. Like he's just like a, a force to be reckoned with down low and, if you, the only thing is though, if you get him into foul trouble, that's where where we could be in some trouble because our bigs after that aren't haven't been playing the best basketball. Yeah, no, I mean, you you kind of said after the, after you're starting five, the team kind of drops off. I don't know if it's like a lack of chemistry. It's not like a talent. I mean, they're at UNC for a reason. Yeah, I I don't know. Yeah, it could be chemistry. I'm not I'm not in the locker room. I couldn't say, but. Uh, I don't know. It's just, it's tough with some of those guys who just don't play all the minutes in the season. Like you're only playing like 10 minutes in a regular season game against, you know, some bad ACC team. And then you get in and your team's in foul trouble against like a one seed in Baylor. And you just say, it's, you got to step up. And I guess that's kind of just like what the guys for UNC have done though. They've just like managed to step up like when it counts in the big games, which I feel like if you're playing D1 basketball, you're kind of ready for your moment, especially, you know, when you, you're, not guaranteed now we're gonna move on to the brotherhood in duke they went 16 and 4 in conference 32 and 6 entering the final four i mean my biggest thing on duke is nationally speaking you either love them or hate them and a lot of people hate them so yeah i'm always posting on my story always the villain stuff like that but i mean and 
on the road to the Final Four. They beat CSU Fullerton in the first round handedly and then beat a Michigan State team who hit more threes than we shot threes, so that was a nice win. And the start of the second week, I was going into that weekend, I was I was, I was a little nervous. Texas Tech had a very good defense, but Jeremy Roach, Paulo, both stepped up in a close one. And then we finished it off with Arkansas. I mean, this team kind of speaks for itself. Or rather, I say this team kind of is led by the media speaking for them. Paulo this, leads the way. This is my big question to everyone. Is this Duke team a conspiracy? That is my question. NCAA rigged? I mean, it's it's Coach K's final year, and you really think the NCAA is gonna like, you know, not not let him reach the Final Four? Like, of course not. It's this has been in the works for years, and I imagine the same thing will probably happen with Saban when he decides to to hang up his uh, his coaching position over there. Too. I, I think Saban's going by quietly. I just want to point this out. I love Coach K, but I hate the farewell tour. Yeah, it's I like. I liked how Roy Williams did it, where he just kind of stepped away after the season, yeah. said he was done. I mean, because I mean, think of think of you know the senior night in Cameron. I don't think I heard any announcer say it was senior night. I don't even know if we have seniors. Neil John, you have you have got two two seniors, but they're graduate uh, transfers, so they technically yeah. don't get a senior night at Duke, which is yeah, stupid. yeah, they didn't they didn't do one for them, which is stupid. But I mean, like the whole thing is like you know, Coach K's final year, Coach K's final year. It's like I. I like this team. I really do. I love Jeremy Roach. I love Paulo. Theo John, as you mentioned, love that guy. I mean, he's yeah. The next, he's the next Steven Adams. I truly believe that. I'm sure people are kind of pushing Coach K to, uh, like, go for the farewell tour, too. Like, I bet some people around him are like, yeah, it would be, like, a nice thing to do. But I do kind of think in some ways it definitely has distracted from, like, the season you guys have been having. You guys have been having a great season. And then on top of that, too, the one thing I don't really like is, like, reportedly Coach K was, like, pretty upset that, like, a couple of the teams, like, especially, like, UNC didn't, like, gift him anything, like, after their final game. And You shouldn't. Yeah, and I, I kind of was like, yeah, of course not. Like, it's not like UNC came to Cameron to play basketball that night and they weren't caught up in, you know, Coach K's retirement and went out and dominated that last game. And I, I don't know. I, I don't really understand that from Coach K. But, well, it's, I think it's just hypocritical of him to say that, to a do the farewell tour b over and over say it's not about me it's about the team which clearly dude it's about you like this entire season has been about you whether you like it or not when you announce the farewell tour it's going to be about you you're one of the most legendary coaches for the game and then c to that shit where he's like oh like i don't like some of them didn't give me gifts and it's like yeah well you got to pick a side here man like you're flip-flopping on all oh, good farewell tour i like it i hate it it should be about the team where's my gifts like that's just stupid yeah yeah it just kind of makes no sense but as as much as it killed me to lose the unc in cameron for the last time i think it did help us since it did give jeremy roche the keys to the offense i think that is why we're in the final four i wanted you to Moore, look at um uh, Big Fork basketball experience on this one. UNC, that's right. UNC, uh, <laughs> UNC comes into the senior night. This is historic. You know, I had a really good class. You know, everyone's watching. We get our ass kicked by Loyola. But don't you worry. Once they got down later in the road, it didn't matter. And I think that's ex- what's exactly going to happen with Duke. And it's all a conspiracy. I think we had two timeouts and didn't use either of them. On you, buddy. Three timeouts, actually. Anyways, um, that's not on me. Out of, out of front guys, row view. Did you guys know that though. an average ticket right now to the Final Four is one thousand dollars? That's like 
not even uh, down low. That's like up there. Well, that's uh, what's crazy too, though, is I just I just checked ESPN and I was scrolling through, see some like the pregame stuff, and uh, there's tickets going for one thirty three right now. But they are you're you're up there. You're at the top of the Superdome. You're, I mean, you're actually yeah. you're actually inside the scoreboard. Yeah, I mean, damn near close, but. It, regardless, being at the Final Four, I could not imagine that, especially with your team playing. I, that would have to be a good time. I don't think I'll ever experience that, not going to lie. I mean, they don't see you boulders on the rise. Nah, they never do. No, dude, they're, they're so never. fucking shitty. They're so bad. Boulder, uh, dude, I don't know how you can be that much of a destination college. You're on a ski. It's so dumb. How, do they, how are they so bad in the Pac-12? They used to be. A conference, a conference that's really, really bad by itself. They don't even compete in it. I literally don't. I don't have an answer because I, I literally don't know. Because <laughs> you're right, you know. Also, I, I went to CSU, so I I, I don't like Boulder, but uh, bias. It, not even bias. I'm just spitting facts right now. Boulder's Fort Collins. Bad. Well, one thing is, what is it? What is uh, Colorado State playing? Uh, Mount West. No. Yeah. Yeah. So, it is nice they they do have that. They don't have to play in like the Pac-12. Not gonna lie. I would. Yeah, I'll say this. Uh, Mountain West is definitely deeper than the Pac-12 was this year. Uh, I think a lot of those teams in the Pac-12, you look at, you got to look at like Oregon State. Uh, I, I, I'm just saying like it was UCLA, USC. Uh, Arizona. Arizona. And I said Arizona was a fraud the entire season. I, I don't know. I think they did better in the tournament than I expected them to do. But if Arizona is your best team out of the conference – and then you only have two other teams in the conference or in the tournament. Is that right? The Pac-12. Mountain yeah. West had four. They lost all of those games. But you got to look at CSU got Michigan as an 11 seed. That's just that's showbiz. That's just a tough draw. Michigan obviously was playing pretty good basketball at the end of the season, or at least in the tournament. Uh, Colorado will never do good in March, like both schools. Yeah, no, it's never gonna happen. I will say CSU's got a good coach and they got a good solid young group of guys uh i was rooting for them man i picked them in all my brackets so it fucking sucked when they lost unfortunately they were up by like so much at half too and i was in butte st patty's day so i turned my phone off and looked at it two hours later and i was like how, how the hell did they lose but it's the way it goes showbiz yeah for real yeah Jaden. uh i had a question for you Spit. so Duke hasn't been to a Final Four since 2015, but UNC has been to three out of the last six Final Fours. I was just wondering what you had to say about that. You have one ring from it? I mean, since Duke has been to the Final Four, we are tied for rings. Wait, what school has more rings? No, do I, do? I don't even know. UNC by one. Six to five. Six to five. Such a conspiracy, dude. They're going to yeah, be tied I mean, after Coach K goes. and they're yeah. This. Well, if UNC wins this game by 21 points in the Coach K era, points and games, the games will be 50-50 uh, between UNC mm-hmm. and Duke, and points will be exactly matched yeah. if UNC wins by 21. That's what they want you to think out there. No, I'm just kidding. That would be pretty sick. But, yeah, it's going to be awesome. I mean, yeah, it's literally like the – there's like the Super Bowl, and this is probably like the other game of the year. Not going to lie. Because uh, you never, you probably, I mean, I don't know. Hopefully we do, but you might not see it again. Yeah, I mean, obviously, if uh, it hasn't happened yet, I mean, I, I forget which year it was, but there was one year 
that both UNC and Duke were in the final four and they would have met up in the championship and Duke ended up winning the championship that year and UNC lost in the 2015. Yeah. yeah. Did, did uh, you, <laughs> did you right, guys yeah. lose? Yeah. You guys lost to Wisconsin with Frank, the tank. Did no, that, was, no, that was a filthy was, team. No. I, I think this might've been a while. Was it 2010? Yeah, I, it was. I think yeah. it was a little bit further back. I think it might have been 2010 somewhere it's around like there. Tyler Hansen. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. It it was 2010 because 2015 was the uh, Kentucky Wisconsin rematch in the Final Four. Yeah, because that was when with like the Her- yeah with the Harrington um, twins. When did Harrison. Tyler Hansborough play again? Uh, when? Yeah, I did around there, like 2009. Yeah, that's like, what I thought. There. That's what I thought. But yeah, I mean, if it hasn't happened yet, and. I mean, this is the first time it's happening. Like, yeah, it's probably going to be a while until we see it again. It kind of seems like they always just get put on opposite sides of the bracket, maybe just for this to happen, just so they're, if they do meet up, it is in, like, the championship or the final four, like a big game. Right. It is damn cool. Yeah. I mean, it's one of the greatest rivalries in sports, so to see it on this stage, like, it would be awesome if it was in the championship, but final four is obviously just yeah. one step I away. Mean, so it would be pretty awesome. In front of 75,000 fans. Oh yeah. Stage, stage doesn't get much bigger than this. No, absolutely not. I wanna, I wanna hear you guys' power ranking of the of the last four teams. Where where do you put them? Like the Jay- teams have won. No, like no, the teams that are last, left. Four teams in. Final four. Teams that are left: Duke, Kansas, UNC, Nova. Mm. In that order. I'm going. I'm probably going UNC, Kansas, Nova, Duke in that order. Ooh. Danny, go ahead. I'm still thinking. Um, I'd probably go Kansas, Duke, Villanova, and UNC. But it's March. Anything can happen. You think Nova's better than UNC even after the injury? Um, yeah, just the way that they can handle the game, like the flow of the game. I feel like even without more, I don't know if, I don't know if UNC would be able to keep up, especially if they shoot well. Uh, Villanova, and they typically do, uh, especially in the tournament. So I don't know. I, I I put them in front of UNC just because I think if they played each other, it would not go great for UNC. Fair, fair. I'm gonna go Kansas, and then I'm gonna go Duke, North Carolina, Villanova. Yeah, that was a tough one though, because like you could flip so many of those. It, it's the blue lie. buds. Yeah, it's a it's, it's a blue. I don't even know what to say to that. Well, people aren't counting Villanova as a blue blood, but I mean, you look at the past. I guess like blue, it is like. It, I guess blue blood is like more traditional. Yeah. If you look at the better, past years, Villanova. I've heard I've heard them called new blood. Uh, like yeah, the saying yeah. that I've heard for Villanova, and I think that's pretty pretty apt because in the last six years they've been dominant in March. Yeah, I mean, I, I was talking to my sister about it. It's like it's they are the new blue blood, honestly. Because, like, I was saying Kentucky's not in it because they lost St. Peter's. But, I mean, they are, like, Nova is a blue blood. Blue blood by this point. Well, there was. St. Peter's forever. Yeah. Doug, baby. Look, fighting cocks. Um, <laughs> cocks of a chip. I, I think that in the past, like, I don't remember how long ago it was, but it was when Duke wasn't going to make the tournament. UNC wasn't great. Uh, Kentucky was been sliding for a while at this point. That was kind of a shifting point in college basketball where I was thinking, man, what if UNC and Duke and Kentucky never really like recover and get back to the where Fall they fall off? 
Yeah, and honestly, Duke and UNC obviously have made a great comeback. Kentucky is not. Kentucky has still been trash over the past few seasons. They, I think Calipari has to rethink his one and done thing. Or do it in a different style. Uh, the way that Kansas and North Carolina does things is they will get you know a five-star freshman every year, but they're going to have four guys that are on the team for at least two. Yeah. Uh, right. So there's a lot of, a lot of like veteran uh, leadership on those teams. And I think it shows in, in March. And I think that's where Cal Perry is really struggling. I think he just has to get like three guys to stay yeah. from the starting lineup. Either yeah. that or utilize the transfer portal portal and get a, uh, an upperclassman from a different school. Uh, right. I think Kentucky is a very, uh, what's the word? Um, Prestigious. No, attractive school for transfers, uh, just because you're obviously playing. You're obviously playing in a huge gym on a huge basketball school uh, with one of the best coaches over the past generation. So I think that's a pretty, pretty attractive offer for any uh, any player in the transfer portal, especially graduate transfers. No, definitely agreed. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. With the blue bloods, it always kind of seems like they're able to like revamp even after down years when everything looks grim, it's kind of like, Oh yeah. And then next year they sign, you know, some top recruit and kids just want to play for those schools. Like, especially all the kids who have grown up and like are just getting to college. Like you've been watching these teams dominate over the past decade, two decades, you know, or like history of college basketball. And it's kind of tough to not want to play for that. Like, especially when like, you're like, oh, who's going to give me my best chance at winning a title? And, I mean, I'd say winning a college basketball championship is one of the hardest things to do in sports. You just got to put together so many consecutive games and have some things go your way. But, like, having a good coach who's, like, proven that he can get there multiple times to, you know, like, either the Final Four, one of those big games, like, I feel like that's always attractive to big recruits. Absolutely. And uh, it's funny you say that, you know, because they always do find just, you know, recruit after recruit. Gonzaga does not have a recruit in the top 100 next year. Really? You know, but yeah. we're still going to be fired, though. Until attorney. Fraudzaga? Yeah. Gonzaga? We're, we're the Cowboys of the NCAA I don't know. Is basketball. Is uh, Timmy staying next year or is he leaving? I thought he was a senior. I think he's a senior. Yeah. I thought he's he was a junior. junior. I think we, yeah. we just checked it. Is it really? Oh, yeah, okay. I'm wow. Surprised by that I too. think well, he's staying. I thought it was a big deal for him last year. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he got a COVID year. Uh, but just, there's no spot for Drew Timmy in, in the NBA. Like, mm. what position is he going to play? What is he going to add to a team? Bring him on the Nuggets. We'll figure it out. I mean, I, I love watching him play, dude. That game uh, – oh, man. who were, They were down Memphis. to – Yeah, Memphis. Yeah, that was a great And, game. man, the second half, I was just sitting down on the couch just being like, wow. He was going off. And it's just like it's fun basketball to watch because – He's just making moves and putting up shots that super fundamental and just always dropping. I, I think he went on like an 11 and 0 run, like to start like the second half in that game. And I was just like, that's, that's basketball right Especially there. coming out of a first half where he didn't do anything. Yeah. You think he had, he had, he had four, four or six going into halftime. Yeah. It, it's something like really low. And then I think he got like 24 and or 22 in the second half. Something like that. Yeah. Something because crazy. yeah, one of our buddies had a bet and it was drew Timmy 25 plus points and, uh, Gonzaga win game and after the first half he was about ready to turn off the game and then he just came out firing in the second half finished with 25 like that's just it was an electric backdoor yeah. cover an absolute electric cover that's do you sick. think uh do you think Chet should go to the league or should Steph 
Fuck yeah, Chad. He league. should go. Yeah. He's one of the he's one of the type of players I feel like who would definitely benefit from like the NBA trainers. Yep. And because I feel like he's kind of already peaked. Like I don't think he'll ever get much better in college, even if he was to stay another year or two. But if he could go to the NBA, oh, I mean, he will, and he'll be either like number one, number two, number three. But I think they'll really be able to like develop his skill set into more of a. I feel like he'll be able to score the ball better once he goes to the NBA. Well, I thought yeah, you just, see, I've flipped on shit. Oh, dang, go. I thought like there's been like a dumbass notion that uh, kids need to like get their body bigger uh, in in college before they can go to the NBA. When you're a talent like Chet Holmgren, what is a college routine gonna do for you that a NBA trainer and like that kind of regiment won't? Like his entire job at that point is just to get bigger. Like he doesn't have to go to class. He doesn't have to uh, do any of that. Like he can just work on his own, which of course he's doing, but in the NBA, you get access to much better trainers. Yeah. Uh, so not only will he get bigger, uh, I think you see uh, after, I think it's like a two year, three year uh, stay in the NBA shooting percent shooting percentages go up way more because they have better shooting coaches and they're constantly working on that. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't get why people are saying like if you're uh, a generational, not generational talent, but if you're a really good talent like Chet Holmgren, why he should stay to get bigger it makes no sense to me. He'll get bigger in the NBA. If he stays, he'll just foul out. Not gonna lie. Yeah. <laughs> See, I flipped on Chet because I was kind of believing the thing Danny you said. I was like, he needs to get bigger. But then I remembered KD was a seven footer with ball skills and skinny as fuck. And he was just I mean, look at in college. Too. Yeah, and I mean, KD yeah. is still pretty skinny, but as you can see, like you just add on like a layer, like I like KD. Yeah, but if he, yeah, if a seven footer has a jump shot like that, like oh look. yeah, it's it's unstoppable, dude. Your your release, like I mean, everything. And Chet's not everything that bad of a shooter, like he's no, pretty- he just. I think he's lost a little bit of confidence entering the tournament as the season went on, where he wasn't taking the open ones as much. Yeah. And I think he was just focusing more on rim protection, which he is, I would say, the best rim protector in college basketball this year. He is very good. And I, mean, I don't even know how you're supposed to get get around him. Like, he's, he's just too big and he's too quick. Like, he, he can get up just as fast as those guys. So, it, I don't know. It's, that's tough. Tough to, tough to score on. No, absolutely agreed. Um, let's get back to – we got to do picks of the game. Who wants to go first? Duke, North Carolina. Duke by eight. I'll go reverse on that. I'll go UNC by eight. Oh, okay, okay. I've got friendly wager. Duke yeah. by three. Yeah, we'll do a little gentleman's bet on that. Duke by straight three. up. We get buzzer beater too. Yeah, straight up. All right. I'm gonna say hundred bucks. Hundred bucks, right here. Oh my God. Yeah, hundred bucks. Oh. Right. Wait, no, no spread. Just, just whoever wins, right? Yeah. Money line. Yep. Damn. Heard it here first, live. Um, what was I going to say? I think UNC is up all game, like good first half, uh, comes out second half hot, and then I think the refs start fucking doing their classic BS. Apollo gets some BS, so I'm going to go Duke by two, but I hope UNC wins. Me too. Yeah, I mean, I, I could really see this game going either way. And, I mean, the thing with the rivalry, again, is, like, even years where Duke is, like, leaps and bounds better than UNC, UNC finds ways to be in those games. And it's the same thing when UNC is super good and Duke has a weaker team. 
it's just like in a rivalry game, like you always come out to play. Like it's like the team you want to beat most. And I think this is even just that on steroids, like meeting the final four. Yeah. Like Jaden said, in front of 75,000 fans, like I think these players are going to come out ready and I think it's going to be a dog fight the whole way. I mean, you have a straight week to prepare for just this guy, not knowing who you're going to face. Uh, and it's, it's the team you've also already played twice throughout the season. You already kind of know what you're going to do. Like, I mean, Duke's going to look at their 20 point win and say like, we need to like replicate these things. And UNC is going to look at their win and Cameron and, try and do the same thing there so right that'll be a fun game i'm super excited danny what about you what's your pick uh, i've got i've got duke duke by by three about the same as me got you well hell yeah guys uh anything else you want to talk about no i mean i think we just covered it we could uh shit on the refs on how how they've been officiating the tournament oh my god it's been driving me fucking crazy man like yeah. When it is a charge, it's a block. And when it's a block, it's a charge. Yeah, it's uh, that Gonzaga game, on, all those fouls on chat were questionable. At it was best. so bad. He had, so bad. he had two. I think he had two fouls, yeah. like true yeah. fouls. But, like, three of them were terrible. His last one was bullshit. His first one was bullshit. Yeah, I, I, it just it frustrates me when you see a guy, especially in college, uh, you know, have the, knowledge, have the knowledge just to jump straight up and – do everything by the book and get called for a block. It, it's just, it's just tough to watch, which was crazy to me. Cause I watch a lot of uh, mid-major college basketball uh, throughout the year. And that officiating is really, really good. So going to the tournament and seeing how bad they are. And uh, I think they are getting, uh, they deserve the criticism that they've, that they've had over the past month. Uh, it's been really bad in multiple games, but hopefully the final four is good. Yeah. Good. Man, the uh, four coaches got to pick. Yeah, but yeah, I, yeah. I don't think that should be allowed to be honest. Yeah, but <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, all all refing has been pretty bad recently. Luke, did you see uh, that Austin Rivers injection? Oh my god, yeah. On there was another one, not on the Nuggets, but dude, it yeah, was. I, mean, I, 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 we... I really don't know how you can get ejected for that. And like Danny was saying today, like I mean, they usually before a player gets. Like ejected you go and review the foul and everything and i i don't understand how you could look at that on the replay monitor and still say yeah he's getting tossed out of this game it's like not like i feel like it's a robot saying that dude like like you have human eyes looking at it, like oh he didn't touch him and you're just like oh he's out yeah well it's like it's like the same bullshit when you're like playing madden and it like a call will get like overturned and it's like what's this is literally a computer. get it right the fucking yeah, first yeah, yeah. Gonna, you just get it right like why do i need to challenge that like this is actually just a game like i feel like you guys would know exactly oh Shmi, did i ever send you the bullshit when i was playing mac in the uh, afc chipper Mm-mm. so jalen hurts goes on a scramble to the like the right side of the field i'm like trying to get out with him like i'm forcing him out but it's doing like that leaning thing and so he like tiptoes from like I want to say the 15 all the way down to the four and like spots at the four. And all of a sudden, like, you know, I choose my next play and all of a sudden official review comes up and then it puts me at the 11. I did not know that was a thing. I even like went to instant replay. I did not step out. No, yeah, man, man's an awful game, man. Yeah. That was the, that was the first time I've saw seen that one. Saw that one. It's awful, but I can't wait for Madden to NCAA. come out next year. Well, NCAA, yeah, obviously can't wait for that. But we're still – I think that one's still, like, another year out. Like summer. Yeah. You gonna have another... you get a PlayStation? Going to hop on the franchise here? Yeah, I, I'd love to, actually. But, uh, yeah. 
I just met next year with Matt, and I'm super stoked because Broncos will actually be like fun to use again. For real, I've been, with the C- I've been playing with the Seahawks online. Just play the rest. On our uh, on our roster, he traded uh, oh. or he just put Russ on the Broncos. So he's using the old Broncos squad, but with Russ at the at quarterback at the helm. It's gonna yeah. be awesome, bro. I'm so excited. I think if you go like Gary, remember how we used to do college teams? Like yeah. going to share and all that. I'm pretty well, sure they'll have an updated roster thing. I, I was trying I looked like a couple weeks ago and I was trying to find one of like but most of like the dates, there was only like two made in twenty twenty two when I left check. But I'll check again because now that like free agency is like almost coming to a close, I bet someone like, has to like yeah. make it. I, I, I don't know, like some of like the rosters and shit that they do hand. make. I'm just like, why wouldn't you make like this one would make sense? But yeah, yeah, definitely uh, looking forward to the future of Christ. some football gaming. But I think that wraps about everything up we were talking about. Uh, thanks for being on the show, boys. And uh, anything else you guys got to say? No, just thanks for having us. Futures now. Pull a yeah, check. This is March. Well, Jaden, what about you? I'm good. All right, everyone. This is another episode of The Brawl. Thanks for listening. Uh, hit the subscribe or whatever button. Follow us for more. And I don't know what that button does. I never will. We're out.